Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Big night last night on the countdown to the general election in the Republic of Ireland. And uh, Mary Lou MacDonald, of course, was uh, on the on the television along with other party uh, leaders. Miriam O'Callaghan was uh, hosting the debate. And there was the issue of uh, Conor Murphy, uh, the finance minister here in Northern Ireland. And a reminder of, indeed, the uh, dilemma that the Quinn family, are going through in South Armagh after they lost their son Paul Quinn to a horrific killing in a barn way back in 2007. There's been much debate and dispute about that uh, since. Um, Here's a clip from last night's uh, programme. Mary Lou MacDonald, you know of course about Breach Quinn, the mother of Paul Quinn, the 21-year-old who's so horrifically beaten to death in November 2007. Now, she is asking for an apology from your Minister for Finance in the North, Conor Murphy, because he aligned her son to criminality. You were due to speak to Minister Murphy today. Did you speak to him to clarify? I did, Miriam, and um, you're right, Paul Quinn got a horrific death, and the only criminals, to be clear, involved in this scenario are the people who who so cruelly and viciously took his life. So I I have spoken to Connor. Uh, He is aware that the comments that he made uh, after the the murder of Paul Quinn have caused hurt and that that hurt is endured. So he uh, apologises for those remarks, he withdraws those remarks and he'll speak to Breach Quinn and the family directly. It's Mary Lou MacDonald speaking last night on RTE. I want to speak to Alison Morris from the Irish News. Alison, good morning. Good morning. Uh, uh, Alison, th- that item within the debate last night, is that going to be relevant to the voters on the, the countdown to Saturday? I think I suppose the issue with um, Sinn Féin is as opinion polls show that the popularity is growing, especially among young voters, um, it would seem only normal that their, their rivals within the South would use the sort of spectre of the IRA's past in the North as a way to try and, and damage them electorally. These are elections, you know, they're, they're competitive businesses. They can sometimes get a bit down and dirty. I also think that it, it, it is... We should accept that victims of, of the IRA who feel that they haven't had justice and people who have been left behind 
would quite obviously want to use the fact that there's such a high profile in the South around the elections and around Sinn Féin to try and advance their campaigns and, and their causes. Um, I, I, As a journalist, I always worry that what happens is that we, we traumatise people for no apparent reason. There has to be an aim to what we're doing. So if you're going to go back and interview victims 10 years, 20 years, 30 years after an event happened and use that around a particular time and around a particular um, series of events, such as an election, you have to make sure that there's a duty occurred to those people afterwards and that they're not just brought out for one particular event and then forgot about and left to deal with their trauma and grief privately after that's over. So I think that for um, Mary Lou Macdonald, she must have known that question was coming because it has been quite prominent within sections of the Southern Press for the past few weeks. I'm not sure what conversation she had had in relation to Conor Murphy and what, what um, the proposed apology in relation to that. I do hope it gives the, the, the Quinn family um, some comfort, although I don't think anything is, is, is going to ever remove the hurt that they feel. Um, and the, the fact is that ultimately, you know, apologies aren't justice and, and, you know, the people who were responsible for, for Paul Quinn's murder have never been, been charged or convicted. And then I imagine that I have, I have a, a son of my own. If anything like that happened to him, that would be what I would be looking at. Wouldn't be, it wouldn't be apologies. Um, so in relation to that, I think that she handled it as best as she could have in the circumstances. It has become the distraction around the, the southern elections. But what it doesn't seem to be doing is, regardless of how many times it's mentioned in leaders' debates and interviews and in the press, it's not doing anything to damage Sinn Féin electorally. We've seen um, a number of opinion polls over the last two weeks, and they've also shown a steady rise in the party. The most recent one, the Irish Times one, showed um, Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin you know, neck and neck in relation to the polls. And if you take that down, to younger voters under the age of 30 Sinn Féin's popularity increases and Mary Lou Macdonald's popularity increases so while it's obvious that we, we live in a place where the past always comes to affect our future I think that maybe the, the, the southern political media are misreading the situation in terms of what it is that turns voters on and off Mrs Quinn, Paul's mother, she's clear that she wants Connor Murphy to talk to the PSNI. She wants Connor Murphy to talk to the Gardaí with any information that he might have in relation to people that he may have spoken to uh, as a local representative as he tried to find out about the the death of her son Paul. She would like uh, Connor Murphy to talk to the the police about about that. And th- this call comes on a day. After the very day after that, Sinn Féin representatives are are seen holding posters to join the the PSNI. It was interesting that not just Michelle O'Neill, but also Jerry Kelly, because we know that Jerry Kelly's former IRA used to skip prisoner all sorts of other things. So when Jerry Kelly shows up, that's usually an indication that that's sort of harder part of the the, the Sinn Féin, you know, the, the the former sort of Republican IRA side, not the sort of modern new Sinn Féin, are on board with it with this process. But I, I do think, and, I, and we do this all the time, but if we'd seen recently and as, as far as last week, I think that there was a, a police officer who was given a, an interview in relation to the murder last year of Larry McKay in Derry and pointed out that people come forward and give information, but that doesn't lead to anyone being charged. So I think that Miss Quinn, at this point in time, you know, she deserves an apology and I hope that that gives her some comfort, but we should be realistic at the fact that going and telling the PSNI what you might have heard as a rumour in a bar or on the streets is not evidence and it does not lead to anyone being convicted. Um, intelligence is an evidence and information of that kind is an evidence. It's almost impossible, as we've seen, to resolve. I mean, there's been 
very few people charged in relation to murders that have happened quite recently and that becomes more and more difficult as murders are more and more historic so that's what I mean about as journalists that we have a duty of care let's be realistic if we're going to someone and saying if you speak to us we will you know ask for X, Y and Z and you will receive X, Y and Z when we know that that's not the fact and after all this is over and all the publicity dies down those people are left behind their closed doors to deal with their trauma alone um, and I think that that can be very irresponsible at times as well but I do hope that what Marilyn McDonald says in that interview last night is followed through with and that, that you know the Quinn family gets some kind of um, comfort of the fact that at least that um, they're being apologised for and any slur that was put on their child's name at the time is removed. What do you make of Sinn Féin's approach yesterday to the recruitment drive for the 600 PSNI officers? It's very obviously embraced by Sinn Féin. When the invitation was issued to them, some thought they mightn't even turn up, but not only did they turn up, but they tended to steal the show. Cynics might suggest that that photo call was very much for a Southern audience, so as people voting on Saturday would see Sinn Féin as central to the acceptance of policing in Northern Ireland. I've been sitting last night and this morning finishing my, my column for Thursday's Irish News on this very subject and the issue is I was a journalist in 2001 when the, the RUC became the PSNI at that time there was high hopes for the fact that this would be a completely transformed and reformed service and one that people who came from communities such as where I came from could embrace it and feel ownership of a, of a police force that had been alien to us in, in the past that's been a very slow process I mean I was thinking about this yesterday it's 2020 and we're still talking about you know Sinn Féin showing up at recruitment processes being major news when these things should have been resolved and settled long ago. The issue we're placing is very complicated here and so what Patton had, had envisaged for the, the PSNI has been slow in materialising for a number of reasons you know we have, and we just discussed the, the Quinn murder, but we have unresolved legacy. And so while that continues and while police hold the disclosure that families are seeking in relation to that and while that, that remains in the hands of the PSNI, it damages the, the modern policing. So police officers who joined the PSNI, who were never part of the RUC, still feel that they remain um, in some ways then tarred or judged by the same brush because they haven't taken legacy away. So any chief constable, I think for the last three chief constables have said the same thing, take it off would have won it, give it to an independent outside organisation, let them deal with it and let us police the future and not the past. I think that that's something that needs to happen. We know that there's a distant Republican threat and that's amplified if you're an officer from a nationalist community. You become a much easier target as do members of your family. Um, you know, and a lot of people, especially if they come from a big GA background, you know, that's part of their life and part of their community. It's where they socialise, it's who their friends are. And still to this day, if you join the PSNI, you have to give that up. You have to remove yourself from that because that would increase your threat. And I think it's very difficult for some people to manage. And, and you know, um, Sinn Féin or anyone showing up to recruitment drive isn't going to change that in the here and now. You know, we need major changes in response to that. But also as how the PSNI are viewed in nationalist communities. So if you would have covered parades, as I did, you know, until quite recently, you would see that there are certain parts of Northern Ireland I point specifically to places like Craigan, where the PSNI still operate on a very militarised footing. You know, you will only see officers in riot clothes and in an armoured vehicle. 
that's how I viewed the police when I was a child. It's not how we think that people should be viewing the police um, now in the in, in 2020. So I think that the the Sinn Féin had, should have showed up at that yesterday. I think it was important that they did. I think that if we are going to change the culture, we need a more representative force. And that doesn't just mean more Catholics. It means more women. It means more people who have made Northern Ireland their home. Less than 1% of, of PSNI officers come from a, an ethnic background. I think that that's quite shocking, you know, in a, a modern society. And so it needs to attract all sorts of people, which it isn't now, because it's still seen as a very sort of misogynist, male-dominated, and in many ways, a unionist force. And that should have changed dramatically over the years. Simon Byrne, the chief constable, has it long enough now and his job to bed in and, and get to grips with these issues and realise what it is that needs changed. Changing it is, is not going to happen overnight. We're almost 20 years into the PSNM. and we're still talking about these things, which seems quite absurd, but it's it's true. So um, I think that there's a, there's a body of work, and maybe, and I know that some people mentioned it yesterday, uh, a brief maybe return to 50-50 recruitment to try and, and iron that out might be the answer, but I know that some people are very resistant to that at, at present. Now, getting ethnic minorities to be properly representative in the PSNI, getting enough women into the PSNI is much easier, however, than getting someone from a nationalist Republican family who lives in a GAA stronghold whereby they can't go home in the evening to live in the house that they were born in changed. Does that not change slightly as a result of Michelle O'Neill yesterday from a Republican family herself holding a poster saying this is the job for you recruitment for the PSNI she's a figurehead for recruitment for the PSNI that photograph will be shown forever and forever and a day whenever Republicans who are still active suggest that the police are unacceptable does the Republican community now not close on that minority of dissidents and say this is completely unacceptable we, we're going to take our guidance from Michelle O'Neill from a Republican family and we're going to say you, my neighbour, should be in the PSNI I, I think in 2001 when I was writing about the change over to the PSNI, I had it in my head, you know, that people who lived, you know, in my mum's street in West Belfast would get up in the morning, put on their PSNI uniform, get out, get into the car, wave goodbye to their neighbours on their way to work, and that's the life that we would all live 20 years on, the life that my children would live, and that's clearly not been the case. The dissident Republican threat is incredibly small. It shouldn't be overemphasised. These are small pockets of people. But I think that what has happened is people have taken their eye off the ball and allowed them in places, especially specifically places like Derry, possibly in North Belfast, to continue to recruit very young people into their into their cause. And that's going to cause problems going forward. Um, we know if you look at some of the arrests in relation to disorder last summer, some of the people were in their very young teens, you know, young teens, 8, 17, 18, 19 year old men being arrested for things that, you know, are of a bygone era that should have been forgot about and, and have nothing to do with their wee modern lives. Um, so we need to, you need to address that. And the way to address that, I mean, not to sound all lefty liberal, is you address the causes of it. So you address the poverty and the unemployment and the hopelessness. And once you do that, the, a person who has hope and, and prospects in life is not going to want to sign themselves up to a paramilitary organisation that promises only death or imprisonment. I mean, that's just the, the bottom line. And that's how you change those mindsets and make it make it safer for people. I think that many officers, even when they decide from a nationalist background that they're going to join the PSNN, they're willing to make that sacrifice and risk themselves. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Realize that it also impacts on their family. We've had a few bomb alerts in the past few years that have been outside the homes of elderly, you know, parents of PSNI officers and nationalist communities, and I imagine that that would be very off-putting for for a lot of people. So you need to address that. And I think the Sinn Féin showing up that recruitment drive went a long way. If you look at the Irish news today, I had spoken to people within Sinn Féin yesterday about those passing out ceremonies as, as new officers graduate and they move into the force. They've never attended any of those in the past. They have pointed to a review of the police college which has taken place, which is just very critical of the old methods that we use to train and, and um, to train PSNI officers that they still, you know, march in military formation from one class to another class. The, the past night parades are still very militarised. I don't think that that's the, the same with with other forces in, in the UK and police Scotland and other places have done away with that because it's not reflective of what's required of a modern police officer. So I think if we change that sort of mindset and you have to remember, if the only time you ever see a, a cop is in an armoured vehicle in Rackle you're never going to associate yourself with them and you're never going to associate them with your community so you need to do away with that and you know if you can't see it you can't be it and I think that that's that's been part of the problem up until now and there needs to be more done to try and readdress that balance and that also means that the, the PSNI themselves have to reflect on on um, on their role in this and their role in making themselves feel not just a viable career opportunity for nationalists but also a force that represents them okay. and, I, and I will say this and then um, I probably said in my, my columns this week as well, when Simon Byrne came in to post, as all new PSNI chief constables do, he did a, a round of interviews around all the newspapers and broadcast channels and skipped the Irish news, which is, you know, the, the largest sell in daily, which appeals to the, the very readers who he now tells as he's trying to recruit into his force. It's still, as I said here in February 2020, I've yet to get my, my sit down with the chief constable who appears to be avoiding me for one reason or another. Maybe it's because he doesn't think I'll interview him with a feller duster or what else he thinks that he's avoiding me for. So maybe if he comes and speaks to me and then speaks to the, the readers of our newspaper and shows them that he's interested in getting his message across to them, that might help. All right, just on that, that, just on that. Me I'll... using your show, Frank, as a wee pitch. You're, you know, okay, you're, the... you're okay, chief constable, <laughs> chief constable. Alison Morris would like to interview you. Uh, if, it, if it happens in the next day or two, We'll be we'll be reassured. You can take credit for it. He accepted our, our invitation, but you know, you mentioned the readership of the Irish news. The, the readership yeah. of the Irish news, and I just need to be brief on this. 
days, was angry with the Cross McGlen picture. And that was an own goal, without doubt, from the the new chief of the PSNI in nationalist in nationalist circles. Um, is, is that your starting point for the interview, or have you, as someone representing the Irish News, as readership forgiven him for that? That what happened with that is it was a PR disaster for many reasons. First of all, you know, if you drive in and around across Milan and anywhere in South Armagh, you don't see watchtowers and you don't see that type of place. And it's no longer as visible as it was when it would have been when I was a child and would have been a teenager and would have been crossing the border. It also was, it appeared quite sort of childish and infantile. It was like big boys playing with their toys. And it was Christmas morning as well, you know, the season of goodwill, for goodness sake. And there was, you know, the, this picture of these heavily armed police officers. And I actually spoke to people, to other police officers after that, who had said that those guns had been, you know, those night sites were for like policing in the evenings. And um, one of them told me the only time he's ever used it in his whole time as a police officer was looking for someone who was lost at night. He's never actually used it for any other purpose. And he could see no reason why they were attached to the guns other than to make them look more impressive. Um, Simon Burns should have known that by now. He's been here for long enough to know that, that the message that goes off. But I will also say as a woman looking at that, what did that look like? I mean, that was just misogynist nonsense. You know, that was, you know, this police force for big boys with their, you know, their big guns. But it's not misogynist now, Alison. It's, it's not misogynist. Of course women and yeah, but it's not misogynist. Like God, come on now, come on. It's not misogynist. It just happens to be five blokes. It was like action man stuff, you know. It was boys playing at action men, and that's not what a modern police service should be. I mean, a lot of what the police do, and if you look at the work that they do and the amount of call-outs, and we get the stats regularly, I mean, a lot of the work and the things that they're doing, it is normal crime, it is burglaries, it is robberies, it is a massive increase in domestic violence. And I mean, and that's what's, what should be reflected in Simon Burns reflecting on his officers. You know, instead of these boys dressed like action men standing home, big guns with big grins on their face on Christmas morning, you know, it looked like Santa had brought them and they were all delighted okay. with themselves. Okay. It wasn't It wasn't a good image. All right. Listen, you wonder why the Chief Constable doesn't want to be interviewed by you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, no, no, you see, not, you're not getting an easy, an easy, an easy go over for me, you know what I mean? He'll have to do his work that day, which I think is probably why up until now I've been unsuccessful, depending on down to your time. Well, we'll see. We'll see if he accepts the invitation. It's very public now. Alison, <laughs> thank you indeed. Thank you. Alison Morris from the Irish News. Very patiently listening to all of that. Mark Lindsay from the Police Federation of Northern Ireland. Uh, Mark, I appreciate your time because we've had you on the line for quite a while. Um, as you looked yesterday at the Sinn Féin appearance on the the, the podium, um, w- w- did, was your heart lifted as someone representing uh, staff within the police? Well, first of all, I think it's it's very important that uh, we have representatives of all the political parties, all the political parties who have signed up uh, to support policing, uh, who are part of the policing board, um, to be present at a recruitment event. So I think it was very impressive that they were all there yesterday. I think the difficulty now comes that, that those actions yesterday need to be followed up by words, not only uh, in the short term, but in the long term. And by that I mean... You know, some of the rhetoric around around placing, some of the rhetoric around historic placing, and I'm not only talking about the last 30 or 40 years, I'm talking right back into history where you know, almost everything to have been involved in placing has been bad over the years when in fact it hasn't. And I think that's where we need to now follow up on, on, the, on the good work yesterday and follow it up with maybe more considered um, rhetoric in the future. You would have heard Alison Morris there, a long list of changes she believes needs to happen within the framework, within the mindset of the PSNI to, to make it more acceptable to so many elements of the, the, the community. Do you ex- accept her analysis? 
Well, I think the, the PSNI will always will always look to improve uh, their their image and how how we come across to to minority communities and communities of you know right across the spectrum. But I think what we have to look at is is, is Alison hit the, the nail on the head is, is a lot of the social issues. You know, I, I think that uh, there's over what around two thousand four hundred Catholic officers in the police if we go by current percentages. So that isn't an insignificant number. Obviously, we would like uh, as many people as possible. But as police officers, we want the best people for the job. So what we think is that that, that certainly in in areas that are more socially deprived that uh, there needs to be uh, more of a community-based police presence there. And Alison hit the nail on the head and says you need to be seen. Uh, we need to be out there doing uh, more of a uh, new community-based policing. The difficulty with that is in some areas is, is, is the dissonant threat, which makes it very, very difficult to do that. And for people from those areas wanting to join the police, uh, it becomes a problem because uh, they don't have that peer support. It's a complete life change. Uh, they have to... In some in some cases, move away from the, from their areas. They have to lose their circles of friends. They can't carry on with their with their normal sporting activities. So it's a massive, massive change that people have to that, that people have to take in their lives uh, when it, whenever they join the police. And it's not just like going for a job at Tesco's or or, or something like that. Now, Martin McGuinness, of course, called the people who attacked the police in the past traitors. This move from Sinn Féin yesterday, does it make those who live in Republican areas a a little more welcoming of the police, a a little more understanding of those from down the road who may be about to join the police? Does it make a police officer who's from a nationalist Republican area who at this moment in time can't really go home to see his or her mother, does it make that person feel getting close to normality or not? I think it's certainly a step in the right direction. But as I say, you know, what we need is, is those actions related to, to, to activities on the ground. You know, Alison pointed out the fact there that um, last year and the year before there was a number of attacks on the on the parental homes uh, of, of people. Uh, yes, there was some condemnation, but it needs to be more robust than that. Communities need to come out and support uh, not only those who have joined uh, the police, but those families uh, whose, whose, whose loved ones have, have, have gone and made, and made that big step. Because in some areas, unfortunately, it is still a big step. And I share Alison's concerns that here we are 20 years on, we're still talking about this. You know, I, I, I find it almost uh, hopeless at times whenever you think about where we've come, how society has moved on, but yet this is still being highlighted as an issue. It was also highlighted yesterday that a lot of the Catholics who apply don't actually get into the police. You have the impression that, oh, if you're a Catholic and you apply, you'd nearly get in because they're looking for Catholics. But a considerable number get get turned down. Uh, is, is, is that a fair analysis? Well, I don't think religion, gender, uh, or any of those any of those issues come into who, who's selected or not. It's a very, very fair and impartial process, which is independently uh, run uh, by, by, by another company. So the PSNI do not actually run their own recruitment processes. We've always uh, advocated that it should be the best people for the job. And what we'd love to see is, is more people from all, uh, all religious backgrounds, all ethnicities, and more female officers being recruited. But policing is not just an ordinary nine-to-five job. You know, it does require uh, stringent uh, aptitude tests for people to get in and, and, and physical, uh, physical attainment. So people will drop off at various points in the process. Uh, and certainly the PSNI uh, did some work a number of years ago uh, when they looked at what were the barriers to recruitment and they actually they found that actually one of the, one of the, uh, the issues around uh, people dropping off was the fact that the process took too long. That has been sped up. So 
the PS9 have, have, have done quite a considerable amount of work to make the process more attractive to everybody and actually to streamline the process. But unfortunately, there will be fallers uh, whenever you're looking for 600 people and you've maybe 7,000 or 8,000 people applying. And finally, Mark, one of the things that surprised me yesterday, I wasn't aware of it until I heard it on the descriptions for the application uh, process, you can be from 17 to 57. It's, it's 57. And I, I don't want to be sounding ageist here, but, you know, it's it's the ballpark that I'm in with my own age. It's 57, not a bit old, to be expecting someone to join the police and chase after the robbers. Well, certainly I wouldn't like to come in even at my age, but I think what, what older people bring is a breadth of life experience. As I say, you know, people uh, who have worked uh, and have lived uh, in, in different uh, areas certainly can bring a lot to policing. Policing isn't just uh, completely set in stone. It's not, you know, it, it, it's, it requires life experience. It requires people with social skills. And sometimes uh, uh, people who have more life experience are, are very apt at doing that. So certainly I think it's, it's a sort of career. You're certainly not going to do 20, 30, 40 years when you join at 57. Um, but uh, certainly I think people can, people of that age certainly can bring some skills. I'm sure you could too, Frank, as well. Oh, I just wonder back. what skills I could bring. <laughs> An unfulfilled ambition, of course, to be a police officer. Uh, the, I think every young fella, at some point when you're young, think, I'd love to be a policeman. Uh, Mark, you did it, and thanks for coming on and speaking to us. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Mark, okay. Mark Lindsay, Police Federation of Northern Ireland. Ageist, was that the term I used? I've never, not at my age, you couldn't be ageist. Right, uh, easing our way through the day. Your opinions are more important than mine. Do let us know what you think. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.